Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, very pleasant uh, good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone. We have a cloudy, drizzly day in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is kind of nice for spring. And uh, hope you're having a good morning. It's the 25th of April. And we have a fun guy who I really love talking to, Steve Falconor. He's in Copenhagen. And uh, we're going to visit with him in just a sec after a little biz. And it is a Tuesday morning. Tomorrow morning, we are going to start off the morning digging into more and more of the insights and information I get as I as I go soul traveling when my body's sleeping and exactly how we create these diseases on the spiritual level and how we create everything in our body and which is then why we age or why we don't age. And I'm going to, uh, I've been getting some good stuff. So we're going to go over that tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So bring your notepad and your whiteboards. And then at 12 o'clock, Paris Ahmad, who's a, who's a real uh, um, rascal when it comes to nutrition. Been studying things, written a lot of books and some spiritual ideas to everything. He's a good guy and he'll be here at noon uh, tomorrow. Everything is central time now. Um, I love it uh, that the government, government is always controlling the time. You know, Steve Falconer, I think the governor has a control issue. Uh, I, I, you know, I just don't know. <laughs> you think they got control it's issues? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking very well, Patrick. Uh, we both wore our pink today, so it uh, oh. must have been destined to be. Uh, yeah, we got the pink. We got the pink memo. So how have you been doing, Crazy Steve? I just love your work and everything that you do. What are you up to these days? What are you really passionate about these days? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, to be honest, my uh, sorry, I've been a little bit of a laryngitis. Uh, I'm a rock and roll singer and had uh, four uh-huh. gigs this weekend, and I was in full laryngitis yesterday. So uh, forgive me if I'm a little sound like razor yeah. blades scratching on a record. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. I'm still working on that film with Dr. Mark Bailey, um, his uh, uh, end to virology dissertation, yeah. or farewell to virology. And I've been, um, I don't think I'm allowed to announce it, but there's a very large conference coming up and it's uh, all of the Team No Virus and other people and all of these great roundtable discussions. And I've, I was invited onto four of them by Alex Eck. Um, so I've been recording those and I'm also doing one uh, for the people for Anarchapulco. Um, they're doing a little offshoot video one as well and I've gotten invited to that. So I've been recording a lot of conferences and doing some radio and trying to have a personal life in between and yeah, everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff, man. So the the virus uh, get together that's uh, for the public and when, where is that and when is that? It's going to be released. Um, there's a lot of discussion, so uh, they have to be edited and we've been pre-recording them and then oh, they I need see. to be put together and edited. The public will have access to them for free. I don't quote me. I think it's about two weeks or so. Uh-huh. And then you will be able to download the whole the whole shebang after anyway for a pretty low price. Oh, that's um, so that's it's a, a really exciting conference, and we're covering everything. It's sort of like a, it's called the end of COVID. Yes, and it's about sort of moving on from there. What happened? How was it set up? What did they do? And where do we go from here? Because they're trying it again. I don't know if you saw a recent articles. Russia is trying to say. There's a new uh, arc. I think they're calling it Arcturus, the bear, as we talked about once the the constellation that goes around the North Pole. That's that's the new deadly COVID variant that's hitting oh. Russia, and 
Well, or people are sick with the sniffles. and <laughs> It's good to have a new one. You know, we need a new one. Uh, well, it's, they're still pushing the same old one. That's the whole joke is you're like, we all know there's no COVID. And those who think it was still even think it's the flu. So get out of here. At least come up with something new. <laughs> get out of here. Forget like, about it. You um, know what I mean? Uh, These this, people are ridiculous. Steve, on this conference, was it uh, all of the usual suspects, the Cowan, Kaufman, Bailey's, yourself, um, who all... Uh, Mike Stone was he was Mike in it they're all there they're plus all there. many more uh, I did one a great one with Jacob Diaz on um, uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh-huh. I did one with um, Eric Coppolino and Michael Bryant uh, on how they set this whole thing up so I think we're unfortunately Michael Bryant had some audio issues so he's going to be edited in later but we're, we're actually I'm in the opening round table of this whole thing that oh. comes out so yeah. And that that got pretty esoteric, I have to say. Uh, Eric Coppolino wasn't messing around. He came out shooting. <laughs> uh, and I had had all my research ready to kind of ping off of Michael Bryan's work because I knew Eric was going to go out in space. And you know I can go out in space, too. Yes, you have. You, you can do that. <laughs> I mean, that's why I like you. Uh, uh, so, Michael, yeah, Michael wasn't there. So, Eric and I ended up just going right off the deep end from, from the beginning. But I don't think that was the, the mission operation, but <laughs> that's how it worked. And then I've got one uh, later uh, with um, uh, Dr. Berlando and Dr. Amanda Volner on yeah. esoteric chemistry and the cell salts most in particular oh cool yeah 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 they're, so, they're uh, both great yeah. so cell salts are cool they're good i mean you've heard so many uh counter arguments about these things over the years people say oh, i know those things but do you do you believe that they're valuable well i mean i was you know I, I you said it was archives i was listening to your show the last hour um people were i, I guess that didn't happen live but they mm-hmm. Um, they used to use them to cure tinnitus ringing in the ears. Um, they used to use them to cure digestion problems. One of your guests had been saying, uh, well, sometimes you can't digest because you're actually having, uh, two various Lyme, Lyme problems. Um, one of them would be, uh, your digestion is run by your, uh, Lyme phosphate or calcium phosphate. Um, and that is all your digestion. And then another one is run by your, um, potassium, uh, uh, fluoride of Lyme, sorry, your calcium fluoride, which is called cancer and, uh, Sagittarius or Capricorn. Um, I've got a story here actually. So, uh, there was a guy called King George V of England and he was very ill. He was in semi paralysis of the organs, malnutrition, and they got all these doctors uh, in attendance, um, but they couldn't get him well. He, no matter what they did for him nutritionally or medicinally, nothing happened. So they got this biochemist, Dr. Dodds. Um, he was a, bio, a professor of biochemistry in London. And they found out that he was deficient in his Capricorn salt, the calcium phosphate, which is your digestion. So no matter what food you eat, hmm. if you don't, if you can't digest it, you won't take in the nutrients and the minerals. And there is a bit of a catch-22 because if you're trying to get your calcium phosphate from food, but you can't digest the food, you'll never take it in. So this Professor Dodds gave him uh, biochemically prepared salts that digest under the the tongue, Mm -hmm. and he got better. Hmm. And then he was able to start digesting the food, the healthy food, and then the the paralysis went away. And he got better. There were some other salts he had to take to correct the rest of the system. But 
Um, and it's the same with the tinnitus and the ringing of the ears. You know, they, it's uh, swelling in the blood, in the ears, and in the brain. And so if you can take these minerals, you can reduce this, and the ringing will go away or stop ringing so severely anyway if you have a severe case. So, so I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the biochemical salts. And then I, th I think Santos, uh, or maybe you did, uh, you can look at your birth month and then that would be a good one to take as well if you want to do something extra. Is that how that works? Yeah, and you have to use tropical astrology, not sidereal. Oh, um, of course. Well, so it's always something. Tro tro <laughs> tropic, well, it's not because sidereal is based on what you see in the background, right? So okay. you look up in the sky and the sun or the moon is in this constellation behind it. That's not what's going on. There's a fixed energy belt around the sun's path around the top of our flat plane. And the science is built on an, you could call it an imaginary or fixed energy wave pattern around that spiral, not what you see in the sky. So it, you know, they talk about the procession of the equinoxes, how they're going backward and backward and backward, but it doesn't matter. Like no matter what a human looks up in the sky and what constellation you see in the background, mm -hmm. the leaves will not come out on the trees the groundhog will not come out of his den right the the flowers will not bloom until the air the aries energy is there it doesn't matter if you see aries in the sky as the sun rises or not or if the you know if the equinox the visual one processed to now you're seeing virgo in the sky behind the sunrise it doesn't matter the aries energy is spring right so that's the difference between sidereal astrology and tropical is tropical is worried about the zodiac belt around the ecliptic the path the sun takes not the stars way behind the sun that you see hmm. the sun in i see right so the the science of your birth chart it's very important that you use tropical astrology for your sign and not sidereal or you will be taking the wrong salts oh. but yeah hmm. So how do I but figure yes, out if they, I'm Scorpio in the and the in the regular one? How do I figure out the tropical one? Oct well, October twenty third to November twenty second is Scorpio right. and tropical. What's your birthday? On November seventh. Yeah, so you you would use Scorpio for the cell salts. So Scorpio is lime sulfate. Um, that's that's calcium sulfate, and that's your procreative organs, your vascular coatings, and your veins. Mm -hmm. and your casts um so the problem is people born in scorpio it seems like i think we might have talked about this before it seems like we don't cook long enough you know we cook nine months in the womb <laughs> but there's a 12 salt mineral system that builds our body and sure as shit, you're always deficient in the the month you're born and the two before that so uh, you, you as a person sometime in your life might have problems with your procreative organs or your vascular coating. You might suffer ulcers and things like that. Uh -huh. um, this is one of the reasons real astrologers who know the tropical system can tell you what kind of physical ailments you might have at periods in your life because they do correspond with where you're born and, and what you're deficient. Now, I, I, I personally believe we are supposed to cook for 12 months. I don't see, I've never seen nature make a mistake and make anything deficient, but it does in humans. 
Oh, just you know, but they say, well, we're born at nine months. Whatever, yeah, that we started coming out early for whatever reason, you know. Well, they say because the mother's hips, because we're too big at 12 months, like no woman's hips can push out a 25-pound baby. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Um, but did they used to? Or did we used to not? Because hmm. most animals, they're born walking already. They can walk right up to the yeah. mother and start uh, sucking on the teat immediately. We're one of the very few species that drops out like, we can't do anything, you know? <laughs> Days and it's confused. very strange. It's not natural. That's really interesting. So I certainly have had my digestive troubles, challenges, I would say, over the years. It's always been kind of my yeah. like my weak link, if I want to use that term. Don't like to use that on my tummy. But so so I do the calcium self. I think that's the one I've been taking every day since talking calcium to Calcium phosphate you want, yeah, lime phosphate. And then you want your other one, you want your... um fluoride of lime which is calcium fluoride so um, so i'm going to do the two months before calcium sulfate right yeah i mean what i personally do is i take them i take all 12 every day i don't take them medicinally so if you, i can show people here yeah uh, so you you take the all 12 of them and but that's yeah that's I've different got, than from taking the one that has all the the 12 in there right that's a different. I take the twelve. Yeah, I I can't. Yeah, so I've got a few thousand in this one. I got it in London. Um, so my strategy is preventative, and you know you could get sick and have a deficiency, and then start taking them medicinally several times a day until the ailment subsides. But to me, I just think, why would you just not take them daily a little bit and be efficient? Mm -hmm. Like putting oil in your car, you know, you could not put oil in your car and then wait for the engine to break down and then go get the engine fixed. Or you could just change your oil and not have that happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, that's my strategy. And do we know why we don't get these little goodies in in the food, Steve Falconer? I mean, has that been? We do get it in the foods, but uh, our first of all, our soil is very denatured because of the way they do industrial farming. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't do the one straw revolution or now everyone like we, we did with our farm. We're getting into electroculture, which we can talk about in a little bit if you want. Yeah, yeah um, we've, we've looked at that. So yeah. the problem is that the foods don't have the minerals they used to have because the ground is mineral depleted because of the way they farm and pesticides, chemicals, spring and uh, a lot of other things. So it's that we're not getting them in the food like we used to and again as i said if you're missing the digestive ones anyway because your food doesn't have them hmm. you're not going to start digesting them out of regular food anyway and you're going to get a catch-22 that keeps cannonballing and spiraling out of control one of the lucky things we have now because since the 1800s we are in the age of biochemical preparations is you can now get them i don't like to say supplements because i don't take supplements but if you just get these and put them under your tongue mm -hmm. they just dissolve right into your bloodstream whether you can digest or not yeah. is, is of no consequence so we're very lucky that we're in a technological age that you can actually get these in you directly without having to eat them in fact you had a guy adam uh, bergstrom was when i was listening right. He said the same. He said, well, if you can't digest the food, just let it digest in your mouth and take them yeah, right in yeah. under the tongue. And folks, you could probably so. go to Bear's site, Bear Londo. He sells them, right? I think Bear has He them. makes them. He and makes sells them. them. Yeah, he which makes is them. Alpha Vedic. Yeah. Alpha Vedic. So mm -hmm. we know they're good stuff if Bear's doing it. And you could buy each, you could buy all 12 and just take them all if you wanted. 
Yeah, I just take them daily, like four or five of them a day, just to make sure my body has them. Because I know a lot about health, and I get a lot of emails because of the films I make of people asking, showing me yeah. <laughs> pictures, showing of the their, their worms and things like that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> my mother is in the hospital. You know, I'm like I'm not a doctor. The reason I take them is because I'm a rock and roll performer and singer, and I drink, I smoke. Sometimes <laughs> I indulge in some other fun things. Right? Oh, you don't. Oh, uh, you don't. I'm just so shy. I, I try. I, <laughs> I try to eat healthy, but I take these cell salts exactly to offset that I do some very unhealthy habits, and so I would be ridiculous not to offset that somehow. Yeah. that's why i take them and i never get sick ever hmm. never never ever well you're a happy guy too and that that's a big deal right i mean th there's that as well yeah, yeah. you know yeah. there i think you know bruce lipton said that you, you have you ever talked to bruce i not i i have not no i've seen his work it's good stuff yeah he's crazy you should get him on yeah. i think you two would get on peaches and cream but <laughs> He made a good point. I don't like the word epigenetics. I don't really like that name for what he teaches, but the biology of belief is is what he teaches. He made a good point. He said, you know, when you meet the, a woman or a man or whatever you are, when you're first in love, when you, you really like meet someone special and you're just so, you can't stop thinking about them yeah. and you're in love. He said, are you ever sick during those first three months of that honeymoon period? You know, like never you're bouncing around like you're the sun baby you know you're out like he's like you never get sick ever even in the middle of flu season because you're vibing on this whole other goodness thing and it, you just don't get ill yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and that always stuck with me i'm like you're right there's so much to placebo and nocebo but as the biochemists will say, they don't care what system of medicine you're using. If you are deficient in the parts your body needs to run, no, no system will heal it. German new medicine or electric or acupuncture or whatever. You, your body is physical. It's spiritual as well and alchemical and electric. And it's water driven with structured water, but it is physical. And if you don't put the parts in your car that make a car run. Like if you don't change your spark plugs, I don't care how good your carburetor is, how, how decent your gas is, it won't run. <laughs> I'm not saying we're a machine, I'm saying we're like a machine mm -hmm. in that way. Fair enough. Right. Uh, we're talking with Steve Falconer, if you care to join us, the phones are still out, it's been one month uh, since the ice. We had the two inches of global cooling or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> It was great. Two inches of something, and they broke the line, but they're still working on it. So to communicate this morning, Patrick had won RadioNetwork.com. Well, you know, I mean, the whole love thing, I mean, that is all there is, right? The whole universe is just love. So to Lipton's point, I mean, when we are in love, and if we can stay in love, even if it's with our dog or ourselves or God, then things are good. I mean, it's not, most likely you're not going to get sick. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I don't even know what love is. Like to you know, <laughs> I think that the definition we are given about love is not really what love is. I think we are given more of a superficial idea about it. Like, oh, I love this woman, and I like all the rest of you. I feel very strongly about everyone else. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I don't think that that's what love really is at all. I think 
love is not like an emotion or a thought or a feeling. I think it's an energetic expression. Uh, I think it's grace or gratitude. Uh, except, you know, people say, well, I think it also our Western culture, because we come from these Abrahamic religions, uh, your God has to give you grace. You got all you got to do is say, thank you, Jesus. And you get the grace of God, except funny enough, not everyone gets it when they ask for it. And so the question is, what is grace? And it's gratitude. I know a lot of people who have healed themselves by just picking 20 things throughout the day that they really appreciate mm -hmm. the fact that your socks are warm and not mm -hmm. wet and your feet aren't cold the fact that i have a light here and i don't have to read in the dark the fact that i have glasses because my eyes are getting a little older and i can't read two feet in front of my face and they say it out loud every day i'm thankful for this i'm thankful for that that is grace and grace is love yeah because if you love everything about this place instead of just sit there bitching on the internet all day about did you hear the latest terrible thing that right, happened right, to us? Right. this world is terrible and it's going to hell and it's like this world had gone to hell two thousand years ago it's but it's still heaven if it, where do you want to be you want to be in the hell part of this world or heaven and the joke is sitting right in your same seat you could be in the heaven part or the hell part without even moving locations. Yeah, well said. That's the biggest secret on earth. Yeah, well said. Uh, you know, I, I played with that too. I had this oh, symptom of a heartburn thing, Steve, for a long time, like right up near my, uh, and it was just every night or something. And I eventually um, healed it through going into it and loving it, you know, loving it. In other words, not saying, oh, I don't like there. Just the opposite just in the middle of the night, just moving into it and feeling it and saying, oh, I love you, thank you, well, who are you, what are you, what are you, you know. And I just, I worked with it for months and months and months and eventually just went away, uh, you know. Just, Quite amazing. Well, I think, you know, that's Bruce Lipton's work. Yeah. Is that you're, like what Bruce, like cellular biology for starters is, theoretical i know there are red and white blood cells and we do find cells in on the out exterior of dying tissue or sick tissue i'm not so sure there are cells in regular normal tissue i think they're debris like when a tissue is sick or dying not red and white blood cells we've seen those and studied them they just might compartmentalize into these little things we call cells to get rid of garbage right but that aside what he's saying, whether you want to call it cells or tissue, he's saying the, the the theory behind epigenetics is your cells, let's call it, let's say they are real. They don't know there's a, a real threat out there or not because they don't have eyes, ears, noses. <laughs> you know, they can't. Your mind, your brain tells them there's a lion coming, run, you know, and your brain makes the chemical changes to release the, um, what do you call that, the, uh, what, what the hell's the name of it? You know, when you get all excited and you get these hormones uh, yeah. rushing in. Adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah. Adrenaline. All this. Your brain is giving all the chemical signals to make the cellular or biological changes, if you don't believe in cells, to do something. And if your brain is in a constant state of fear that there is a threat there that isn't really there, your tissues or cells don't know that. They're depending on your mind to tell them that. Right. They don't know there's a lion there or not. If you tell it there's a lion there and there's not, they will still do the same chemical reaction. And so that's really what he's about is saying he's coming from the idea that 
most of the problems we're having biochemically or is because we're perceiving things incorrectly or maybe people are doing it to on purpose uh, to us which i would definitely agree with um so you never you never get the healing and the rest and the things you need because you're you have this perceived threat that isn't really there and the 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 ancient you know the sadhus and gurus they all say that they say that you're the basis of your fear is you're lost in your imagination you're either worried about what happened in the past or what might happen in the future in reality you're sitting there right now in your chair talking to me (laughs) no matter what new world order is coming right exactly now nothing bad is happening to either of us and and there's only now and i know that for sure i mean i i can i would bet the farm on that and if there's only now and you and i are sitting here there's absolutely nothing that can hurt us there's nothing that can get us unless one of you us that would say oh i wonder if i gonna get that okay well then you know then you're in you know then you're in right then you're in yeah, the only thing that can hurt you right now is you. That's right. We're wasting right now worrying about what might happen to you tomorrow or what happened to you last. Oh, yeah. I'm, all I want to do is sit here and think about how my father was mean to me and or, or I might get cancer. You know, it's like, but right now, you're wasting right now worrying about what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. They, they're not real. So you will do it. Yeah, there could come a time you're up against an executioner's wall yeah, and a bullet different. hits you yeah, in the head. Yeah, yeah. That that right now is a very bad right now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad now. You, it does happen. You know, we've all had bad crap happen to us. But if you take your whole entire life and divide by the exact moments where something really shitty happened, like the phone call you get that your mother just passed away, uh-huh. that's not nice. I'm not saying you can, like, pretend, well, I'm still okay right now. Of course, you'll be sad, but all those moments don't even equal a fraction of all the nothing's going on really to you right now. But yet people put 90% of their consciousness on that, on on the little tiny moments, you know, and it's the spiritualists have known this forever, but trying to teach this to someone is almost impossible. It's like you have to realize this yourself. Yes. It, it cannot be taught. It can be told, right? Do you agree with that? But it can't be Absolutely. taught. Absolutely. Uh, spirituality or awareness has to be caught and not taught is the, one of the lines that my teacher yeah. has to be caught and not taught. Yeah, I'm doing a screenplay called Look and See, and it's about this this investor who's over-caffeinated, and he, he needs a deal, and he finds this, this fellow, and he's kind of like a spiritual master, but we don't know it, and he... He puts him into a machine, and then the the my our hero gets to see exactly how the mind body soul thing works. So it's really cool. It's the idea, like you're saying, you can't teach this stuff. You can say it and go to seminars and say okay, but you have to experience it, right? You've got to you have to experience it to have some kind of a I don't know feeling or reality about it. Does that make sense? You have to experience it yeah yeah exactly i'm i'm not even sure feeling is is the best word it's It's a good word word. it's a better word than than a it's it's yeah it's like a knowing or it's a gnosis really maybe more a knowing or um Mm -hmm. it's not believing and it's not thinking that this is how it is and and feeling is part of that because your feelings do 
all your feelings are is a mirror reflecting <laughs> what you know already and they're showing you so yeah in a way yeah you're right I, I i don't think we even have a really a word in english that really describes it but it's like when you have these enlightenment moments you could get it through deep meditation some people get it just walking around on tuesday you'll, you'll afternoon at 10 42 like, right? oh my god yeah. oh my god yeah oh, what's that everything oh. I, I've never thought about that before. It's like, whoa. Yeah, some some people drop a bunch of acid or eat a lot of mushrooms and have this feel. Like, there's a lot of ways you can have this understanding that, oh my God, I'm one with everything. I'm not a stranger here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I came out of here. I didn't visit here. I come from here. I'm. I'm this, and this is me. But you can say that philosophy. You know, Alan Watts, the philosopher, was very good at s explaining this. But if you don't feel that, it's not the same. You know, you it's you don't get this euphoric rush, and you don't stop worrying about stuff because you seem to forget it. Exactly, it's almost like doing a uh, and and um, affirmation, but just saying it and not really, you know, deep down knowing it. You know, I really know that I'm okay. There's nothing that can hurt me. I, yeah, you know what I mean. I know that, and I really do, and I'm sure you do because you. And once you know that, it's a big deal because you know nothing can hurt you unless I think, unless I think it, it can. Yeah, it can't. I, you know, how, something how could it? kill you, but so what? You're yeah, internal, sure, an you elephant, know? an elephant could sit on your house or something, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's but, a, that's you know, karma's a bitch. You know? If you got elephant karma, what, <laughs> total. <laughs> what, what are you going to exactly, do? Exactly. Yeah. And, do? And exactly. And for me, when I had this realization, I don't know. If, three or four years ago, it finally dawned on me. Uh, and I just have been having the greatest time ever. I also, it made me realize I was using the totally wrong approach about all of this and with people. And I thought I had to save the world yeah. and wake everyone up, you know, and, uh, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and the do-gooders are the worst in the world. And I thought it's not my job to save the world. Yeah. And once you let that pressure off your shoulders, you're having a good old time. I don't like a lot of the stuff going on in the world, but I can accept that it's going on and it's terrible. It's horrific, <laughs> but I can accept that that's how it is. I can do my part to try to change what parts I can, mm -hmm. but I, I'm off the hook, yeah. you know, and I'm off the hook with myself too. I don't have to be perfect. I make mistakes. And quite a lot of the, the, the pressure we go through is, comes from a lot of Western religions. You have to be like Jesus. And you're like, well, you told me Jesus is the son of God, is God incarnated. So how am I supposed to live up to that? <laughs> exactly. But I, God says I'm born in original sin, but you want me to be like God reborn. The whole thing's ludicrous. So it's like, yeah, we all mess up. I spent about, I don't know, 10 years in a grade school called Our Lady of Perpetual Payments, you know, and uh, and uh, we have uh, sisters with rulers and slapping your hands, and the whole thing was about sin, and, and you can't do that, and mortal sins, and venial sins, and purgatory, and yeah, it took a long time for me to shake all those off, boy, I tell you what. It was, oh, yeah. Man, it was I just oh, hardcore. I saw a video recently about a, he was like a pretty big archbishop in England, and then he was getting like these teen boys to come to him. And then he's like, we have to pray naked because Jesus had temptation and sin. And he was like oh, getting these kids to shower in front of him and pray naked. Oh, and then eventually God. he's touching them. And it, 
you know, and he's like, the only way to absolve our sins like Jesus is to go through this. And he's just molesting these teenage boys, taking advantage. And then he would say, oh, well, I thought you were one of the chosen ones, but no, if you don't let me touch your pee-pee, you know, you're just like, dude, what dude. is your major malfunction? <laughs> but but the, 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 the truth is, because okay. these priests are kept sexually stifled, you know, and all sure. that, they have desires and stuff too so in a way i the guy's disgusting he's a filthy pig but i get why he's like that because he also has suppressed all these feelings and he just gets off like you know getting naked and hugging little not little they were teenage boys yeah. but still and you're just like man you know it's you know i think i i thought about that the, the pedo people and steven all these things going on, and I, I really, in a way, have compassion for these people, and even though they're just bonkers and do terrible things, I, I think they just have this deep hurt and fear and stuff deep, deep down there, and this is the only way they can get at it. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like they've got to keep doing these bizarre things so they can uh, get at this deep hurt and uh, that they've somehow you know it's just it is kind of i, I don't know, know I, mean? I can't I, I don't want yeah i don't want to generalize but when you see a lot of the people who are into that pedo crap and all that stuff they don't usually look like the kind of people who are very successful with the ladies growing up or, or you know or the boys if they're gay or whatever they are they're usually not very handsome and not very personable and it's like kids are the only ones they can, you know, have yeah. some kind of magnetic uh, overhold on. Um, not that it's always that way. I'm sure there are some very good-looking pedos who also had <laughs> good luck with men and women or whatever. But in pedo. general, so I'm the same with you. You know, you have to understand now that that's the other problem that we have in society. We're all taught democracy right they keep pushing the, i mean the pledge of allegiance says to the republic for which it stands not to the democracy so democracy is mob rules in other words 18 guys rape a woman and you take a vote to see if it's okay or not and mm -hmm. it goes funny enough it goes down 17 to 1 it was fine that's democracy that's <laughs> that right. doesn't mean it's right um and we get the same so out of democracy comes the differentiation we call ethics and morals and a lot of people think that's the same and it's not ethics come from within you it's your inner knowing of what is right and wrong morals are dictated by society yes yeah they're opposed on you ethics come from in you outward morals come from society and don't you agree yes so ethically you might think it's terrible to invade iraq but morally, <laughs> the society told you, no, 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 that bastard's got weapons of mass destruction. And he's mass. right. So society says, yeah, you can blow them to the Stone Ages. But you might say, no, I wouldn't blow anyone to the Stone Ages, no matter what they did. You know, Steve, so too, this is the trouble I, with. I, I think that ethics also involves actions that are good for the whole. Uh, that's the way I look at it, that I'm trying to do everything that I do, even though I don't try to save the world, as you say. It is also beneficial for everybody. You know, to me, that's an ethical action. Great point. Yeah. And you, when you mean everybody, you mean everybody. everybody. I mean everybody, right? Totally. Yeah. And morals, 
is democracy. It's not good for everybody, but it's what's good for our group. Yeah. I, you know, it's good for us. <laughs> like, I, you know, the, the, <laughs> I loved it when Quentin Tarantino would talk about morals. He said, I don't do morality. He said, my characters can do whatever they want. I don't want to put my morality into what they do. <laughs> I think that's yeah great. yeah right. They, I can't believe he's not canceled yet because some of the stuff his characters say I in know, those movies. I know, I know, it's just crazy. Wow, yeah, I don't know how he hasn't been canceled yet. Maybe he doesn't care. Oh, I don't. Th- yeah, he doesn't probably care much. <laughs> Steve know? Falcon is with his Patrick Timpone, one radio network dot com. So I wanted to ask you about this. Is way off the subject, but with you, I know that you don't care. We just go anywhere. Um, y- when I do postings on my little Facebook thing, which I still, I can't believe I still do that, you know, about the uh, immovable earth, and then, you know, I just say, well, you know, you just can't show me a picture of a spinning ball surrounded by space, and when you do that, well, then I'm in, you know, I, I'm a helio guy, come on, show it. And of course, they send me all these CGI photos. Now, when you were on before, a couple times earlier, is there a way that you can show us how we know that these things are CGI today? Could, I mean, can you so show some of that video you did, or is that not possible? I can. You know what I would actually recommend? There's a new film that I've been waiting for years for a yeah? good flat earth documentary to come out. There's a new one out, just came out, called Level With Me. Have you seen this yet? No, who, who put it out? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name who produced it, but it's got everyone, Dave Weiss, and okay. it's all the hitters are in there, Austin Witsit and uh, everybody. Okay. Um, it's called Level With Me, and they go through and show you all how those Challenger astronauts are still alive. They go through and show you all the CGI and how bogus it is. They go through and show you NASA. the woman from NASA keeps saying, this looks so fake. I know it looks so fake. She's in like 20 lectures over and over going, I know this looks fake CGI, but that's what's incredible is that it's actually real. And you're like, well, then why why would it look fake if it were real? Why can't so rather than me talk about it, it's only an hour long. That's the other good thing. It's not one of my documentaries that's three hours right. when people are like, good God, man, make a point. <laughs> so it's about 55 minutes an hour. It's called Level With Me. And... Okay. I mean, you we'll know, this, this thing will show you more than I could tell you for uh, sure. It's a, it's a really good one. Is it a freebie? One. You like YouTube or one of those places? Yeah, it's on, um, I, I saw it on Facebook. I don't think, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, but it's called Level With okay, Me. We'll find Just it. Google Level With Me Flat Earth. If not, it'll probably be on Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, and all, all those. And all the ones. Now, um, uh, the one I watched was going around as a Facebook post. It's really good. Now, the... Uh, and, we, we we talked about this uh, when we were on a couple of times ago, and then on your Space Busters on Odyssey or YouTube, you have the one with you and I, and you put with slides. So you must have added. Yeah. You must have added the CGI I did. Stuff I in added there. those later. Yeah. Okay. So I've I, got another good one too. If yeah. people want to go to Space Busters, uh, actually YouTube let us put this one up. I couldn't believe it. Um, so if you go to Space Busters on either YouTube, BitChute, or Odyssey, uh, we did one with Dave Weiss. Who's I see it right Flat here. Yeah, I see it right here. Bust the ball, you got it. Bust the ball. Yeah, Dave Weiss and us. We did a really, really good oh, cool. one. Like if you want, if you want your head blown. Now we went a lot more in that. We went a lot deeper than the usual BS physics about gravity and all that crap. Right. Um, we went pretty much way out there in this one so i'm not sure that's a good starter video but uh 
you know, if you're on the fence, and, and again, I don't really care if anyone thinks the earth is a ball or a flat or a pizza shape. I don't care. Um, but if you're on the fence or wondering, like, what are all, this guy seems pretty intelligent. How could he believe the earth is flat? <laughs> you know, go listen to what we're saying and we'll show you. I, I didn't believe it either. We thought it was nonsense when we heard about it. Dave Weiss himself used to ban people from his blogs for saying the earth was flat and now he's flat earth dave you know he's like a a key figure in the movement so well there's not a single one of us who didn't think it was ridiculous until we started looking into it and went oh my god well steve brother from another mother falconer there's just no way we are moving i don't know what shape it is right i don't know what shape it is i don't know where it is maybe it's just you know I, I was thinking about that a long time ago. I said, well, where is it then? If it's just this stationary, yeah. right? This stationary plane, well, where is yeah. it? I mean, where is it in relation to anything else? And I keep, you know, the more I think about it, I think it's just a, a state of consciousness, right? We're just a state of consciousness, just like on the astral plane is a state of consciousness, right? Yeah. And you can go there and travel and look around just like you can here. You can fly through walls yeah. up there. Don't try that here. And then, but down here, it's physical reality and it's just a state of consciousness. So I think it just is. I don't, you know what I mean? I think it's just is. It's not in relation to anything else because there isn't anything else. This is physical reality. That's my That's take. the thing. Yeah, huh? it's like. This is the, physical the, reality. If it's a toroidal field plane, the, the plane itself could be infinite. And there are ancient right. texts that say right. it is. The, the middle plane of the toroidal field. Now everyone's like, well, where is the toroidal field where in the it? plane? You're like, that. you're missing the point. It is it. There isn't a where. It's, it's it, baby. <laughs> and everything happening around it is yeah. it. Isn't that exciting more, when you think about that? This is just it. This is physical reality. Yeah. Yeah. There could be more continents, more puddles, more whatever. Sure. There could be, but you know, that's the that's where everyone gets caught up. Well, then what's above it and below it? And you're like, we don't know. We've never we can't drill deeper than eight miles down, seven point eight yeah, miles. We, we don't know. We can't go more than seven uh, what I think it's seven miles or seventy miles in the air without miles. hitting some kind of weird dome or a water firmament. We we don't know. We, they won't let us to the Arctic, uh, Antarctic Circle. So nobody has a damn clue, and neither do they. What they do know is they can't get out. They've done all the Operation High Jump and all is this. Is that what they, they, try, they were trying to do is, is actually get out? And I know they blew up some uh, some big nukes out in the South Pacific yeah. when I right before I landed there in the Navy 55 years ago. Uh, they were trying to... They were trying to bust the uh, the firmament, weren't they? That that was they were, or, or just trying to see how far up it could go and what could they do about it. Yeah, <laughs> there's something there that could be liquefied air or some type of plasma density or some type of other ice. state of water that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, not even ice. I think it's more. It's a liquid medium, clearly. Really, because you can see the SpaceX rockets. Yeah, uh, yeah. People should just go watch this level with me. They get into all this in this documentary oh. very deeply. Oh, yeah, good. it's great. We'll post it on our like. It. We'll post it on our front page. So uh, people yeah. have asked me, do you do we know? Uh, so would all the stars then would have to be underneath the firmament, right? I mean, have to be or attached to it, or or could they be on the well, other the side and we'd see them? I mean, the, the firmament means solid, but the biblical firmament is actually talking about the split in the zodiac wheel. It's actually a metaphor. Oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, Genesis isn't actually. A lot of people are like the Bible says this. You're like, no, the 
the Bible's making a metaphor that you think says this, and that's not what it's talking about. Right. But yes, there's something up there, and we don't know. That's see, that's the great thing is flat earthers aren't saying we know it's made of ice or it's physical or gem barrier or iron or whatever. We don't know if it's energy. We do know there's something that resembles the waters above that these ancient people talk about. Now, is it liquefied air? Is it, you know, from potassium chloride concentrates? Is it a, a forced state of plasma? Is it something like that? Is it water? Is it? A, we don't know. And that's the thing with flat Earth. And And I've always maintained this. I'm not so sure I want to know what the sun is and the moon and what all that is and how those stars are rotating. It's a projection, an illusion. Because to me, part of the mystery of it all is the wonder of being alive. Mm. I think it's for wonder. Yeah. It, wouldn't it be boring if you actually knew how it all worked and you'd be like, oh, is that it? <laughs> and then you don't look at it anymore. <laughs> you know is what I that mean? it? Yeah. Yeah, you stop looking at it anymore because it's not amazing anymore. So I, I don't think we're supposed to know. Do you, do you think we could even see an object, regardless of how big it is, if it was really 93 million miles away? You can't. Uh, you Yeah, with the inverse square law of light, that's you impossible. Just, you, it's anyway. impossible. <laughs> possible, yeah. You can't, yeah. Same thing, you know. Uh, the inverse square law, you have a light. You can. Do, it's like go shine a flashlight on your garage wall real close. Mm -hmm. And you'll see there's the flashlight beam, very bright in the size of the flashlight. Every meter you walk backwards, that light will expand, you know, double and, and lose half its luminescence. It will be less half bright, then it'll be larger and half bright. So if you do that to the sun, it's impossible to see it at 93 million miles away at the size they claim it is. Same thing, you can read a full moon to the luminescence of the moonlight you can actually read a book outside yes, in a full you, moon yes you can and when you look at the moon it's white white and they're saying that's the sunlight bouncing off it and then you say well if we're at two hundred and eighty thousand miles of inverse square law away from the moon how are these astronauts walking around in the daylight up there on a gray dark gray ground <laughs> it should be brighter than the sun if i can read its reflection of the sun in a by a book at night bouncing off the moon 280,000 miles away it's impossible and the moonlight is cooler i mean you can measure it it's actually cooler colder, yeah it's, it's, colder. it's colder so what's up with that yeah <laughs> so that cannot be radiative light yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. impossible we, impossible. we posted a little video by eric dubay about the moon landing yesterday on our front page of our one radio network and you watch that thing, and there's no way, Jose, that you know that they ever walked on this moon there's just no they way. Did. There was, they, it was it. such a bad i mean the whole thing was put out. It was, wasn't. It was terrible. I mean, they weren't even good. Yeah. They weren't even good. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, and you know, this level with me uh, film just goes through more and more and Does more it? of those examples. It's so bad. Even even <laughs> the machine they claim landed on there. It's clearly made out of like shower poles and duct tape and silver foil. And and then the thing takes off from the moon, and you're like, well, who filmed that? <laughs> Who, who filmed that and how did you get it back and then nixon calls the astronauts on a landline yeah, that's close <laughs> right <laughs> unbelievable man so what what did you think that, what do you think this does spiritually or psychically to humans when they know i see i kind of think everybody knows at a deep soul level that this whole thing is made up whether it be germs or moons or whatever war yeah you know, whatever but 
if they don't really dig into it, then it's hard on them physically, spiritually. You know, they, they just, they know it's not right, but they just don't have the courage or the wherewithal or the health, I'm not criticizing them, to look into it. You know, they're just, they're worried mm. about their job and their kids and they're sick and God love them. You know, they have a hard time just doing the work thing rather than looking at these kind of things, you know? I, but I think, yeah. I think it's hard on people when they, on a deep level, they know the jig is up, but they don't, they don't look at it. Yeah, and there's also a lot of uh, just embarrassment and show. Oh, I don't want to. I'm not want to be one of those crazy flat earthers, sure. or you know, they everyone's going to judge me. And then there's also like the Eastern Western philosophy, where in the Eastern religions, it gives rises to kings, and the Vatican have the right to rule because God is a tyrant. He's a patriarchy. He sent his own son down here, so there's a patriarchy going on. He loves you, but he hates you, and he's judging you, but he loves you. <laughs> You know, he tricked you with original sin, right? When you were born, to give yeah, you, it's the, yeah. tyrant. And the tyrant. Whereas the Easterners say, <laughs> no, 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 we, you know, we, we didn't. I know a lot of um, New Age people. I came here from Pleiades to teach you humans a lesson. They're playing the same little game, the one-up you game. Everyone's playing it. We're all we all play the game. So the Easterners are like, no, you you came out of this world. You didn't come into it. You came out came of out it. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and this whole thing with the moon and the Big Bang and we're flying at 60 million miles an hour and spinning <laughs> around and you're just an accident and a speck, that allows tyrants to rule over you because huh. you don't understand the magnificence that you are a yes. part of God and you are all-powerful. I'm not saying you are God. I'm saying God is in everything and everything comes from God, the center of the toroidal field. And it allows tyrants to have the right to rule over you because who are you? You're just an accidental speck of dust that exploded out of nothing, accidentally coalesced into a planet, and then a bunch of fish crawled out of the ocean, had sex with monkeys, and here you are. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. You just popped out. It's so so a, lot of, a lot of people are conjecture like Dave and, and the other flat earthers that that was the real motive behind these Freemason dudes who ever brought out the heliocentric years ago that we were getting too smart for our britches and too spiritual or something, and they wanted to convince us mm -hmm. that we were just ins insignificant specks of nothingness hurtling around the sun. There's, that's, yeah, there's that idea. There's also ideas that there are resets that happen, and these people come out and give us the knowledge after these civilization resets. Um, there are quite a lot of, quite a lot of different theories. There are also, when you really look into the heliocentric model, you can see some of it is based on actual experimentation that was done incorrectly and misunderstood. And so they said, well, it has to be there. That's why you'll notice even their model, every, every 30 years, the sun's getting farther away or closer. Oh, really? or oh, you know, know like, yeah. They keep changing it because they're <laughs> someone does an experiment to debunk it, and then they're like, oh, well, then it has to be that. So even their own model just keeps changing and changing and changing, you know, so... Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I wasn't there. I mean, I've I've heard all the theories, and I'm open to all of them. It could be none of the above. But it's there's also, uh, as you and I have talked about, the idea that if you want to give people a fake name in all capital letters and want contract law where they date it, and you make a fake calendar that they brought in in 500, you know, uh, this Annus Domini or the Gregorian calendar we're on now, and then you want to copyright all their activity, you need to be in a fake place. Mm -hmm. If you want copyright law on all the actions everyone does, 
you need a fake name a fake date and a fake fake timeline and a fake place hmm. and we have it all we got our fake all caps name we got a fake calendar that doesn't exist and we got a fake globe spinning through space yeah. with monkey men on it <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love thinking i love contemplating the idea of time because um there is none and it's even more powerful if you consider what i believe the sun is doing this thing right and so if the sun is moving and then we have the appearance of dark and light somehow somebody got smart and said well that's a day and then there's 24 hours in this day who who made up that you know and then then there's yeah, yeah. Right, and then there's so many minutes in this every hour and then there's so many seconds well that's all made up i mean uh, you know it's just made up it just is. yeah they're just degrees in a circle and they and they yeah. work though in astrology when you look on the ast when you overlay a 24-hour clock on an astrological wheel they do make sense there's two hours of energy each day but yeah you could have divided that any other way you wanted sure oh it's so it's divided in the, in the 12th uh uh yeah yeah uh, yeah. It, it just because wave because a toroidal field produces a wave and there's 12 functions in a waveform that's the only reason we're on a 12 and 24 type of calendar oh, thing, that's where it came from clock yeah yeah because it wouldn't make sense to divide by 16 if you're on a 12 cycle you know it's either 12 or 24 or 6. so that's where that comes from but yeah it, it's it's just really all about energy patterns and waves but you're right you could have divided by anything you want really well, most I, of I this comes out yeah, of astrology my real point is if i'm sitting here like i am now then the only time is the movement of the sun and the moon right that's the only thing that's moving that's it i'm not moving so why right. do i need to buy into the idea of time that's only a mental construct that's all that's it is. right that's yeah. it that's all it is i've just bought into this idea of time and when you do that the body ages I mean, it's just got to do. Right, it's got to yeah. do something, right? If you create an, if you create twenty days in your mind, right? Oh, I'm going to go have Steve on the show twenty days from now. Okay, and then in nineteen days from now, I say only nineteen days to go. So I create this space between now and when Steve's on the show. I create it. It's in my mind, right? It's there. What do you think the body's got to do during this time that you create it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I mean, it's going to age. It's got to do something. It's got to go backwards or forwards. Because we've created, yeah. we've created a, 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 um, an illusion of time. Yeah. We, right? And there's also the Eastern idea where in the West, we think there was that, that the present is a product of the past. You know, the, the earth, everything that happened in the past it led up to this moment. But in an Eastern philosophy, you switch it around and say the past is a result of every this moment. It's, a, it's an echo. It's a wake behind a boat. It's an echo. The present created the past. The past didn't create exactly the because Only everything is erupting the in the now. Spirit is coming in, expressing itself through Steve and Patrick and our guest, and we pop up and say, and then after we do, then that's in the past, right? But yeah, yeah. the past didn't push us here. Yeah, I. I, I that's right. I, it I, was the present back then that Yeah, the what? Yeah, when we started this show. Hmm. That didn't make us get to where we are now. That's an echo of where we were then. Yeah. And yeah. when you start to flip this around and think it's like the trippy, Easterners, huh? you get yeah. totally, it's trippy as hell. Because it gives us personal responsibility and the motive and the availability to do whatever we want right now. 
whatever makes us happy. And we never have to go back and say, well, what about that? No, we don't have to. We can just keep going what makes us happy. And who's out there trying to say, oh, you can't do that. Well, you want to listen to that? Well, not me. You just keep being it. Just like you talked about, uh, you know, three years ago when you (laughs) figure that out. You just keep doing what makes you happy. Yeah, and you also, you don't, well, one of the liberating things for me is that we've all done really dumb shit and stupid stuff in the past. <laughs> well, of we've we hurt have. people. Of course we've we hurt have. people and we've done mean things and we've done selfish things. But when when you figure this out that there's only now and only now, 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 right? you don't sit and dwell and hate yourself. You can love yourself and forgive yourself for the, for, okay, I was an idiot. It's great if you can hunt some of those people down and say, I'm really sorry, I'm really man. Sorry. I was wrong. You know, yes, re- I really was misbehaving there. Yeah. Um, but then you can move on. You you can change. You'll never change if you hate yourself for what you were and think that you're just that's what you, you are. You can't change. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can change instantly right now. <laughs> you can change yeah. right now by saying, I'm not doing that to people again. And that's all you need to do. That's well said, Steve, because yeah. this idea that you know, it's the hardest thing for all of us to really love ourselves. And I mean, and I work on this a lot, you know. And I'm walking around my home and I, I'll talk to myself like, Patrick, you're really doing good, brother. I love you. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do because it's very powerful. It's, uh, it's, I don't know if God's saying it or if I'm saying it, but I don't care. But it's important that we do love ourselves and forgive ourselves, right? And and I like what you said about, well, you could scare up these people and write them a letter and say, man, I'm really sorry I did that. You know, I was really dumb. And if you can do that, you know, yeah, yeah do it, yeah. Or not, even or not. even if you don't, you can in the future just say, well, I, I'm not going to do that to anyone right. else in the future yeah. again, yeah. you know. And it's also important that you don't be a big phony about it. I, oh, I, I'm, uh, you know, it's like everybody who knows this still does dumb shit in the future and will hurt people. It's not, you know, there's all the, oh, I go to yoga now and I meditate and I'm spiritual and I don't hurt it. Everyone's playing the one up game all the time. So it's important that you understand, even if you know this, you're still not going to follow it 24 seven. You're still going to do some dumbass thing. <laughs> and it's okay when you do. And you know what's fun for me is when the more the quieter I get, the more I feel it when I do it. Like you get on the phone with somebody in India trying to solve a problem, and you get frustrated, right? Because they can't understand yeah. you, and it's like, come on, <laughs> you know. And you know, and and then you get frustrated and get off the phone, and you feel that. Well, that was stupid. Why did I mean? what good did it do? You know, I could have just been nice <laughs> to the person, you know, and said, okay, well, how can I do this? You know, rather, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You feel it and, and I don't like it. And I don't like the way that feels. So that's how I learn. you know, say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's the old saying, right? Like uh, hindsight's 2020, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's why we make mistakes so we can grow and learn. I think the more dangerous people are, if you're not making mistakes, these perfect goody two shoes, you're not growing and learning. So you have to, right? You have to. Yeah. I got more respect for people who are complete assholes and came up from the doldrums and and suddenly, you know, they're just a completely different person. And you go, wow. Yeah. You know, you were like a seed that just spurted into a 12 foot sunflower, you know, instead of the tulip who just stays the same. 
and you don't know what the tulips really doing down under the ground in the root system you don't know what they're messing up <laughs> behind the the curtain steve falconer is with us patrick timpone one radio network.com would you uh hang on there a second steve steve in, in copenhagen yeah sure and then we'll take a little break here and uh, check out some of the products that we talk about on one radio network you know i'll just give you the the overview before we go back with steve and uh let you know that how we support ourselves is to offer products from our website and these are products that we've looked into and really have oh gosh uh just very i don't know it's just you know just really picky about these people so we have teamed up with people like daniel vitalis and and brandon amalani and the people that make this sauna and the hydrogen machine and Oh, Fred Jaszewski and the gold and silver guy and all these different products and the sulfur because we really like these products and we use them and I see emails all the time uh, from the same orders from the same people been ordering sulfur for like, uh, I don't know, 10 years. We think it's a great product. We don't do, uh, that's the only supplement, if you want to call it that, that I take is sulfur, which is just pure sulfur. Uh, I just don't do supplements, vitamins, and all that stuff. We do herbs and living things from Sir Thrival and uh, um, uh, Brandon Amalani and um, and Dr. Cowan's powders and stuff. So anyway, that's how we do it. If you uh, see something that you might uh, be interested in, just go to One Radio Network, look around, and I think you'll find some things there that are really kind of fun and interesting for you. Now, another thing that we're doing that I just want to mention is we, let's see, how can I say this? Well, uh, we, we, over the last oh, six months or so, our sales of these products have kind of gone like really down. Our listenership have remained solid uh, and even increased in many areas. But the, the sales of the products, and who knows why that's going on. We can, you know, I don't blame anything, any of my fortunes on anybody else to take responsibility for what's happening to me. But what's going on is part of my thing, too, with the inflation. And and uh, people don't have as much money, and they're, you know, more um, concerned about spending money. So we are moving into a, a realm where we are asking you to help us out, like uh I do with people that I uh, like, like Dr. Cowan and and um, uh, the Baileys. I send them 10 bucks a month. They're doing great work, and Cowan, 10 bucks a month. So that's what we're asking you to do. That's how we are all surviving now, um, even if we don't sell as many products as we need to, is by folks like you to send us 10 or 20 bucks a month and just call it a day. It's just like going to Starbucks for a time and shoot us 10 or $20. Or some people do 30 whatever you can do, and then uh, then you're paying your part to exchange for the information that you get here. It's just value for value. It's, it's cool. So thanks. Uh, consider doing that. Okay, we'll be back with Steve Falconer. 
we got this one and then we'll be back. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great, it's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. It's a great product and a great company, and so we encourage you to go visit uh, Sir Thrival sometime on, on OneRadioNetwork.com. We're talking with Steve Falconer. Steve is a Space Busters guy, he lives in Copenhagen. And uh, how is it living in, in Europe, in the EU? You, you must enjoy it, you stay there. Yeah, uh, Denmark. I've I've lived in London and uh, Asia as well for a year, but uh, many years in London. Um, Denmark's it, it's it's a nice place to live. It's it is socialist, and uh, the government's in your ass all the time over everything. <laughs> um, but it's a nice place to raise kids. There's not a lot of trouble here. Um, the people are very docile. You can, it's it's very much like Huxley's Brave New World here, oh. uh, but. That said, in in a way, it does work, mo mm -hmm. mostly because of the brainwashing on the public. Uh, before I forget, too, I know you're plugging your uh, stuff to, you know, you've, you've got to make a living. I'm in a fortunate position where I make my living uh, teaching and playing music. But when I do all these films, it, I put hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of hours in and don't get money in writing books. So if I can plug quickly. Oh, you can plug uh, anything I am you also, want. Yeah. yeah um, we have a children's book, and mm -hmm. it's uh, for mostly people who homeschool, but if you want your children to wake up, called The Dukes of Dents, and it's available on all Amazon platforms. Yes, I know Amazon is the devil, no, I will. but uh, they allow us uh, to publish these without us putting anything up front, and they do the printing and sell. Um, so if you'd like a good book for your children, there's that. So why also is it that good our, uh, for the, we have a lot of homeschoolers listen to me, uh, listen to us, rather not me. Uh, I'm not a me, I'm an us. Um, uh, why is the Dukes of Don't, why is it good for the homeschoolers, do you think? Why is it? Uh, it's a story about two Dukes who uh, own this town inside a square fence, and the, the town's called Dents, and they own the schools, every business, the waterworks, the church, everything in there. And it, it shows how they control the people and how they get away with it. And then the the children have an awakening. And it, it asks the child who's reading in the, in the safety of fiction, 
to notice these things and say, what would you do if you ever came across these two dukes and, you know, the methods that they're using? Um, and then they get to discuss it with the adult, the adult or the reader or the minder, you know, they can yeah. talk about it. Um, so it's, it's, it's more like an awake book. I won't call it woke. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's an awake book. And then also uh, on all of our channels, if you do watch our films and like it, we have a Bitcoin pirate chain uh, tip jar. And we also, uh, we we recently went on to PayPal because I had a lot of people saying, well, I don't use crypto. Can we donate? Sure. And we, we turned down a Rockfin offer. We All of our films are always free on all of our platforms. We'll never charge you. If you want to watch it and not pay any money, you're welcome to do that and share it. We don't care. Um, but I just want to remind people that I do, and, and Ross, my Space Busters partner, we put hundreds and hundreds of hours of our own free time in this and don't get paid like a normal job. So yes, we do appreciate the donations. We really do. And we use it towards our farm and getting our electroculture garden up. Yeah, I think it's important. And I really got more of this idea when I had the fakeologist guy on, Tim. You know, he's fun. Uh, and he was talking about value for value. And it was a time when we were going through a dollar shortage, you know. And yeah. it's funny how you can have a dollar shortage when there's 45 trillion of them floating around the world, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, funny, you're always the one short on dollars, but everyone else. Right. <laughs> so we've been talking more about that too, and, and I talk about it. And I think it's good that folks understand that you and me and Cowan and all these people, we're just putting this stuff out there to try to help, and this is what makes us tick, and we, it's our passion, and we, it's good to support people to do it. You know, I send... You know, if you can, if you and can, if you do, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been on Tim's show several times. Tim's great. Yeah, uh, if you can, that's the thing is, if you can't, that's fine. That's right. You know, that's, I, right. that's the reason I don't, I don't think that you should have to charge money to to get valuable information that will benefit humanity. I think it is value for value. If if you watched my movie and it changed your life throw five bucks in you know, exactly what I mean, it's, or whatever you, you know, think it's, it's worth it's a know? donation yeah hey steve get your camera to can you pan your camera up a little bit i'm losing the top of your head oh, you look, you're looking oh, like yeah, an, you're think. looking like an alien there you're that boy well I'm, I'm bald up there anyway so you're not missing much but <laughs> <laughs> it's not so, like you're missing my great hairdo we have an email or here that's a real long email but i'm going to try to just kind of uh, there he's talking about the viruses and the bacteria Dr. Lee Merritt, Sarah's Westall. Um, um, so he wanted you to get into your thoughts and my thoughts about this whole idea of good and bad bacteria being as opposed to just microbes that are pleomorphic in nature and that are building blocks. Uh, clean up the crew of physical life as we know it's her idea. The more I look at it, Steve, uh, what do you think? I, I just don't get this feeling that I want to try to kill anything in my body. I just don't feel the need. You know what I mean? I don't feel the need to say there's something in there that I don't like. What do you, how, how do you approach that? Yeah, that's right, Patrick. There are no bad bacteria. They're not bad. They're not out to harm you. And this was proven by Dr. Waite, Dr. Frazier, Dr. Thomas C. Powell, and Dr. Pettenkoffer. They ate thousands and thousands of germs. They injected them into their bloodstream. They put them up their nose and their eyes with atomizers. I'm talking about bubonic plague, cholera, anthrax, you name it, all of them. So the the uh, Spanish flu one, Pfeiffer's bacillus. 
bacteria do not make you sick or ill. Now, the byproduct of certain anaerobic bacteria de destroying and eating tissue, dead tissue mm -hmm. or rotting tissue, which is their job to help you, the byproduct can can create like ammonia gases, uh, toxins, poisons. In fact, vodka, right? If you drink two bottles of vodka and all of a sudden you're in the, you know, in the hospital getting your stung stomach pumped, it's not the bacteria in the vodka. It's the alcohol waste product, the byproduct of fermentation that made that alcohol poisonous. So it's not like, oh, you drank two bottles of bacteria and now you're in the hospital. You drank two bottles of bacteria waste product fermentation and now you're in the hospital because some of the bacteria, 2% of them, can produce toxic stuff. That's what anthrax is. There was that dumb story. Remember in 9-11, they said, oh, someone mailed like two senators of right. uh, anthrax in the mail, right? You can, you can mail them 200 pounds of anthrax and dump it all over them and have them snort it up at one of their porno cocaine parties. <laughs> Nothing will happen to them. You have to have the anthrax eat some type of biological tissue and create a waste and byproduct. And that's what's poison, the waste product. That's what gets them? Gets people. That, yeah, if you, I mean, you know, in the middle, you're in Texas. It's pretty hot there. Yeah. Go stick a potato salad and a hot dog out in the hot sun garden and leave it for three weeks, and there will be anthrax bacteria there. But if you eat that, you'll you will get sick and maybe die. But it's not the anthrax spores there. It's the byproduct of them right. just deleting tissue. So the That's idea that bacteria, the idea that bacteria are like in pneumonia, it's eating up dead tissue. In the in the lungs that were damaged by whatever stinking thinking or toxins of other sorts, yeah, whatever. It's like it's like gangrene, you know. Yeah. Like when when the gangrene sets in, it's not the bacteria they're calling the gangrene that are getting you sick. It's that because the tissue in your body's dead, the gangrene bacteria start to eat the tissue, and they release uh, d different toxic gases and different poisonous tissue, and then that. Mm goes through your bloodstream and starts to poison the rest of you that's why they cut your foot off when it's you know got gangrene it's because the by the waste byproduct will go through the rest of your body and that will cause toxemia but you can snort gangrene bacteria and eat it and drink it and inject it into you if it doesn't have any tissue to kill it's not going to do anything to you mm -hmm. and that's what people don't understand so bacteria is a janitor and they can go back to, they are pleomorphic. They can change into spores and fungus <clears throat> and yeast and molds. and <clears throat> But they will always go back to a spore form again when the job is done. So that's like in the old days, you know, when they were laying siege to a castle, they would shoot dead rotting carcasses of animals on the catapults up into the city. But, well, it's not because of the bacteria in the animals. It's that the waste product of a rotting animal will produce very poisonous ammonia gases and other types of things and toxins, right? So that's how they. That's why they were using them as quote unquote biological right. weapons. What do you What do you make of uh, in Africa? You hear they have these different. What are these wild diseases that go around or? Uh, um, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, what are some? You're of the, talking like Ebola and it, all this flesh-eating virus yeah, and all that bacteria. kind of stuff. And and what do you make of the, those things? What, whatever they are. 
Well, when you start looking deeply into that, it's always found in a place where there's some kind of Western industrial activity going on and they're just dumping toxins into rivers uh. or it's getting into water supplies and food supplies or into the atmosphere. Uh, usually there's some type of vaccination program or injection program or experimental medicine program going mm -hmm. on. Um, or these people are just dumping filth and garbage into their streams and they're going down and collecting in garbage piles and kids are playing in it. Right. So again, it's not the germs or the bacteria in all that waste. It's the poison. It's that's doing it. And they're blaming that on, on the bacteria. It's like blaming the firefighters for fires because fire. you always find them. Is that the same thing that happened in your opinion in research with the Spanish flu, Steve Falconer, the same idea, something was going on, with all these people? Well, I mean, what happened, according to Dr. Eleanor McBean, what happened with the Spanish flu is, first of all, um, it was the first time in history that there was a mass, mass vaccination program going on. Really? But it was it was the Reverend Frederick Taylor Gates, Bill Gates, uh, is, he's actually related to him through his mother's side. His son, uh, Frederick Lamont Gates, started a mass vaccination program for the military. And they were giving them injections of uh, bacterial meningitis vaccines, which is they're, they're basically giving them poisonous injections. Wow. And they were giving them several boosters within a week. They were getting four to five injections within a week. And all these soldiers started getting really sick. And it started making new diseases they had never seen. So they made new vaccines for that and new vaccines for that. So it was a military thing. Now, they said, oh, well, they were catching them in, in uh, Spain. But right. the, the U.S. Army wasn't in Spain <laughs> during World War One, <laughs> So <laughs> the war ended too early, and they, they had all this surplus of vaccines. So they started telling everyone that these returning soldiers who were sick because they were poisoned with injections were contagious. And they, people ran out and started getting injected. Now, Eleanor McBean's parents were holistic doctors. <laughs> so none of them or their friends took any of the injections, her mother and father went to all the sick houses of the people who had the Spanish flu and were around hundreds and hundreds a day and never brought anything home, never got sick, never mm. got their kids sick, nothing. My goodness. Because they didn't take the injections. Mm. So the whole Spanish flu and the numbers are bullshit. I've never seen any proof 50 million or 60 million people died nonsense. But those in Eleanor McBean said only the vaccinated died. None of the non-vaccinated did. And even the vaccinated who went to places like Kellogg's and holistic uh, treatment centers, those places had a 99.8% uh, survival rate with their treatments, water flushes and colonics, right? And everyone who went to mainstream doctors, it still only killed 30% of people who went to like real normal allopathic hospitals. It still only had a 30% rate. And again, these were severe toxemia events, mm -hmm. and right? What? And they did all the Rosanaw and the Goat Island studies where they took all the sick people next to the healthy people and Tried spit to, in each other's yeah. mouth, talked close, you know, injected out. them in blood. Nobody got sick, not wow. a one. What, what's your understanding of polio, a similar thing? Same thing. You had uh, lead arsenate. You used to spray all the crops with lead arsenate and then later replaced that with DDT. 
and you'd get these polio cases it would always be three young kids who lived in a farm town who lived right across the outskirts by all the industrial farming that were crop spraying lead arsenate and ddt which is highly poisonous neurotoxin mm -hmm. and it was the same thing and then they, it's the same they kept showing you the same kid with the iron lung and then this one woman when you look at all the footage they keep showing you the same one kid my <laughs> like <Really>? what <laughs> And most of the kids recovered within a year of doing normal treatment. It was a poisoning, a toxemia event. Yeah. And polio was already on the decline. They do this every time. Sanitation improves. They stop using environmental. Remember, like they used to spray the kids at lunch with with a they used to spray them with all this with all this DDT. Remember that they were spraying kids, spraying the water supplies, spraying your yard, spraying your kitchen. Uh, pumps on the kids with squirting them with DDT, a neurotoxin. Oh my God! Yeah, when, they got when polio, I was a, a neurotoxin. Uh, when I was a like, kid, I they would why. run through the neighborhood in the summer with a huge truck with a. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that? With a big blaster, yeah. and it would just spray this DDT, and we. We were on our bicycles <laughs> and we would drive right behind it, in it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't yeah, believe how, I, we I that that. <laughs> how we survived that. <laughs> well, I put all that footage into my film, The End of Germ Theory, if people want to watch that. Um, again, the reason it was mostly a children's disease is because uh, adults could usually handle that. Now, that's only one cause of polio. Hmm. There's there's nutritional deficiency. All the sodas came out at the time. You got your Coca Colas yeah, Coca -Cola. coming up and yeah, yeah. sugar and this and that. So, but mostly it was a children's disease because children couldn't handle the toxemia because they were developing. Oh. And you see this with diphtheria, polio, meningitis. The disease is already on the decline because they've changed sanitation in the poisoning environments, and then they come out with a vaccine at near the almost the very end. And then it finally declines and they go, oh, the vaccine did it. But right after the vaccine, there's always a spike because they're injecting more poisons into people. So they, they this is the oldest scam they do is they take credit for getting eradicating a disease by bringing out the vaccine at the end of its eradication anyway. And then the, the spike the vaccine causes, they rename the disease. So, oh, we eradicated polio, but now there's Guillain-Barre syndrome. Yeah. And you're like, what's the symptoms? They're like, polio. Oh, meningitis. What's that? Polio. <laughs> you know, you just keep going. They give it five different names and you're like, it's polio. You're like, oh, it's the same exact oh. clinical sickness as polio. I, I get, but they can claim yeah. the vaccine eradicates it because they changed the name. You're like, are you telling me? Goulain-Barr syndrome just popped up out of nowhere right after polio got eradicated by the vaccine, and it's the same exact clinical symptoms as polio. Get out of here. I, get out of here. I, I get goosebumps when you're saying that kind of stuff. I mean, boy, imagine the day that when this information about these bacteria and viruses that we all are working on get out there big time. I mean, that's going to be something, right? I think it's got to come out, doesn't it, someday? I mean, it's got to. It's know. out now, buddy. You know, oh, the, the uh, problem yeah. is, it's, yeah. I don't know, Patrick, because yeah. it's been out since the mid-1800s. Yeah. There were anti-vaccination leagues and formations, and they used to call people anti-vaxxers back in the 1800s and early 1900s and demonize them and gaslight them and, yeah. you know, all the stuff they do now. 
there's nothing new under the sun like everything we just went through the last three years we, we, yeah has happened, has happened over it this happens all the time like every so 70 I guess what years I'm, I'm guess what i'm positing is the idea that if mainstream media would ever do it and they're not likely to because they're owned by the people <laughs> that are doing it right <laughs> you can't even watch the news or the sports are like sponsored by pfizer you know mm -hmm. it's like you're watching the news and the news anchor just has a just falls off the end of the desk from a jab and then they're like brought to you by pfizer <laughs> like exactly yeah you know you, you probably I'll heard, never show it you probably heard where they fired tucker carlson and the, the real story yeah. is that they fired him because he did this whole show about the media being complicit in this whole COVID thing and the vaccines because we didn't do our job is what he said we didn't report what was going on that's why he got fired according to the inside job but they're blaming it on some some lady he worked with who said he was sexist or something and you know they're just making up stories you know they, these people are crazy amazing <laughs> yeah i mean the real thing is pfizer and fox and cnn and all the mainstream and all the drug companies are really owned by vanguard and blackrock yes they are so it's it, it's not that the media is owned by big pharma it's that the media and big pharma are owned by black rock and, and vanguard they're the big dog the big dogs right they? yeah so that's why the media has to work together with big pharma it's not big pharma paying off the media it's they both have the same daddy financing them and daddy won't let you say certain things because <laughs> daddy's in it for the money these are investment firms BlackRock and Vanguard are not philanthropic, no. <laughs> philanthropic humanitarian organizations. <laughs> These people want to make money any way they can. So, of course, they're not going to tell you. You'll yeah. never see never this on gonna the mainstream. See, never going to see it, are we? Never. never. And you shouldn't expect it. I meet people like that who are like, we're in a paradigm change where even the mainstream media is going to have to start talking about it. I'm like, you are never yeah, going to see I them. I agree, yeah. yeah. It's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> it's just no, not. you have to be listening to shows like this yeah. to be awake. You it's know? just not going to happen, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, uh, this idea that we get angry or mad at ourselves, I want to go back to it a little bit. I had a an experience the other day Oh, some months ago, that I really got at a deep level, Steve Falconer, that that there is no one, nowhere, no entity, no entity, no no uh, no energy, nobody, nothing that matters will tell me that I'm a bad person or did a bad thing. They don't. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I like the Eastern philosophy. They have the Easterners, uh, like the Indian Vedic philosophies, they have Brahma. Now, Brahma is not the creator God that created all of this. Brahma is all of this, the universe or the realm we live in looking in on itself for experience. So in their, in their philosophy, everything's Brahma. So this is where these gurus and these sadhus, they start laughing. Uh, when someone starts to have a drama with them and mm -hmm. you're having a personal conflict, the sadhu will say come now brahma what game are you playing like what are we playing you know it's me and me playing this game together um because the sadhu knows i'm brahma and so is the guy having the conflict with me and so it's just the universe fooling itself to have an experience because it's boring to be omnipresent <laughs> so okay fine <laughs> you know, do like something, you need yeah. a little 
Yeah. I, I think it's um, the same. I like that uh, philosophy, yeah. but still, like, you do get mad at people. This is one of the things. A lot of these new agers and these gurus, it's not that once you understand that you're one with everything that you never get mad at people. You just don't like certain people, and people say stuff, and it does piss you off. <laughs> You'll never be so enlightened you don't get pissed off. Even gurus get pissed off at people, especially other gurus. Yeah, They're I mean, always putting each other down. <laughs> I was at a party one time. I said, I'm one with it. Give me one with everything. And you gave me a hot dog with uh, mustard and relish. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> one with everything, baby. Yeah. Well, I'm from Chicago, so at least you didn't say ketchup because they'll shoot you for putting ketchup on your hot dog there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the thing is, you do, you don't have to be an alt, ultimate goody goody spiritual enlightened no, person. That's all. There just, are certain people who are assholes, and they will piss you off. And you have every right to be angry at them. the The difference is if you hold that. It's they always say, you know, hold, holding anger is like holding burning coal. It only hurts you in yeah, the end. Yeah. But it doesn't mean initially you cannot be angry at someone. Of course you can. Yeah. Especially somebody that's trying to poke you in the nose, you know, it's kind of, you know, hurt you or harm you or make you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd be silly not to hit them back. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be silly not to hit them back. This is OneRadioNetwork.com with Steve Falcon or Patrick Timpone. We're here on the 25th of, of April. So let's do this one from Samantha. Oh, Samantha, I love that name. Uh, thanks for having Steve on. It's always fun you, when you guys get together. What is his opinion of what this great, she's got it in quotes and caps, great reset is all about? I'm sure you got a theory about that, Mr. Falconer. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so the great reset is also called the fourth industrial revolution. Ah. It's called. It was called the new world order. Uh, it's called transhumanism. In the old days, it was called technocracy, and before that, it was called eugenics. Oh, so all, again, all the above, what huh? this? All the above. Yeah, it's the same. It's all the same. So whenever mm -hmm. you hear these words, it's the same thing. Now, again, if you want to get philosophical about it, when you look at who's running all this, it's always Western uh, elites because they come from this ideology that they're not from here that they're not born out of this world but into this world they always believe that they know best and can conquer nature and man can become god and control everything they can control biology they can control nature we, you know look at farming and pesticides and all this yeah it comes out of this idea that they need to control nature and take it all over and that we're a nuisance we're useless eaters and because they're all, they're getting rich off of it too and they have power they're from money families so but the technocrat people they're not even the royalty and the jesuits and all the and the jewish and other power structures the, they hired scientists who try all this bogus pseudoscience since the 17 1800s but all their science is bogus so you have to say, well, you can't have a technocratic society that's run on the science if the science you use is bogus. And if the philosophy you people use is that you don't know you come from nature, but that you're better than nature, you have a massive recipe for disaster. And that's what this is. The Great Reset is total control 
of all energy which is everything your energy the plants are energy the food's energy water's energy they want to put a unit this is like quantum physics there are wave people and there are particle people right uh -huh. like some people think it's all squiggly and some people think that you can take a squiggle it's like taking an ocean and saying quantify the ocean what do you mean count the ocean well how, how do you count the ocean or a cloud it's doing this all the time but they just put imaginary points in there and they go well there we go so they're trying to quantify nature meaning count it all and give it all a value and distribute it to everybody you know this is pretty much communism really is yeah. what it is but that's what this is all about these are control freaks who don't like the idea that everything's squiggly and ever, ever changing and they're trying to control it and quantify it and it's not it can't happen because their whole premise is unnatural and they don't get that they're a, there was a do you remember that band love and rockets in the 90s i don't know i know they had a great song called no new tale to tell love and rockets and the first <laughs> the first verse of the song goes you cannot go against nature because when you do go against nature it's a part of nature too <laughs> it's a part of nature oh i see because you're it's it's all one thing it's all yeah you, know, you can't go yeah. against nature because you are nature, you are nature. so right. even going against nature is nature going and, against itself and again where do these loonies who do all this where do they how did they think they got here i miss that part did they exactly who the fuck do you think you are mate you know, no no but exactly. how do they believe they they got here is what i'm trying to understand how do they believe i they don't got, know oh, oh i'm not with them i don't know but it's the same with the kings who believe they have divine right to I rule see. or the yeah. popes you know it's again because they come from these patriarchal models where uh yeah it's i i, I don't i ask the same question and i think that's what people who are into you know sovereignty or libertarianism or whatever are saying they're saying who are you to tell me who are you to tell who yeah. do you think you are you know yeah do you see what really the, see what the who is coming out with a thing and they said well we've got it we're going to do this digital thing and this is going to yeah. be worldwide and boy you're going to know if you're vaccinated. it'll be great it'll be digital yeah on your phone yeah and all that i'm not getting involved but they in will that. surveil everything they will try to they count try every, every food thing. unit yeah everything you do every action you'll try to open your fridge <laughs> and it'll have a lock on it no seriously they'll say you used your cheese quota and you won't be able to get on an airplane because you've used your carbon quota right so the thing is with the digital currencies they're not money we've talked about money right. a lot you and i they're coupons so, that you brought that up money. the first time when we had you on coupons to, to say can steve buy this uh pizza if he's high has a high cholesterol or whatever right yeah patrick's uh money to this month can maybe buy cheese or meat but steve's money can't because steve already hit the meat quota because he had a barbecue earlier <laughs> right or patrick hasn't traveled out of his 15 minute city zone so he's got enough carbon credits to maybe take a flight from texas to oh, new york but steve can't leave the city because he's already used up see and and it's the same thing when you have a coupon for cat food you cannot go to the supermarket and buy a, a jug of milk with a cat food coupon it only works for cat, only food. Works for cat food and and these control freaks are going to make digital currency programmable coupons where they'll tell you what your money can buy that's why cash even though yeah cash is fiat and there's got a lot of problems you and i both sure. don't like fiat currency but 
it's a better solution because you can't you can still buy anything with cash right right so yeah. how are we all all of us uh um, awake people how are we gonna uh thrive through this digital thing we're just gonna figure out alternative ways to trade stuff right we have to i think a lot of trade a lot of us uh ross and i are into that we're into the uh uh, electro culture now so we we've set up special gardening using copper yep. and spirals yep. and towers and all that where and within four years your soil will create bananas the size of your leg and yeah. cabbage the size we, of we a interviewed man. a fellow about that i'm really fascinated with the electro you're doing that in electro yeah. culture yeah we're we've we've done that we even mm-hmm. made little mini uh just little mm-hmm. mini copper coils as we seeded in the house first um we we grew it and within two days they sprouted which wow. is crazy the ones and we did run some test ones on the side where we did an electro and they, they didn't sprout right away um so you'll get a, at least a, right away 30 percent better yield and 30 percent quicker growth and then as your garden starts to electrify over the years you will get yield so the first thing we can do is say there's no f- food shortage if we start using electroculture copper tools again mm-hmm. copper wiring well the, the whole reason they did this is they came they used to do electroculture in the 20s and 30s and the farmers association said we're going to have too much food and your prices are going to go down so tell folks what it so is a big them. picture if, if it's new to them this term you're actually using electricity either from the grid or solar and what does it do to the soil in the soil it's you're using it from the ether you're just putting oh, things oh, right that's into right the air. from the ether yeah you're not plugging it in the grid just are the you? air yeah, yeah into the ground so what it does it starts sending an electric current down and then magnetizing the ground um so several things happen um one the little bugs underneath don't like it so you don't need pesticides because they it destroys some of them and most won't come near it so it stops the use of pesticide the other thing is it enriches the sap and you don't need as much water and you don't need as much nitrogen because it starts pulling that into the ground so you don't need nitrogen fertilizer so the whole dutch farmer problem solved right there the other thing is the birds have little um crystals in their head the birds like this they they feel the frequency and they come and they start chirping and we know when birds and roosters start chirping and crowing the plants open up for the day's energy of the that's sun so great they work that's, together that's so great right yeah so it eliminates pesticides it eliminates the need for nitrogen and all this fertilizer and all this other crap it magnetizes the ground it enhances the sap so the the plant is the sap is the plant's blood and so these things start growing enormous and healthy and rebudding you know and then a lot of people are using what's called biochar now that's a new thing where you you burn wood and then when it gets almost to charcoal right like it, the mm-hmm. woods it's not mm-hmm. dust and ash but it's a, it's like a charcoalized thick crush that up and then you just go out and urinate in the thing every time you have to pee and mix it around and then you can use that as a topsoil and the the charcoal holds in all the minerals and nutrients and plasma from the urine you can put other animal feces in there if you want wow. and then that holds it and slowly releases it so people are starting to use that now and what's that called which what's they're going to ban because biochar bio charcoal char. biochar hmm. yeah now they're going to ban that because burning wood is co2 and, you know, <laughs> like that. so, <laughs> you know that's going to get banned <laughs> but bio- the electro culture they can't ban yeah you know yeah. it's yeah i i, I knew that because we interviewed a fellow but i just kind of morphed into the electricity the grid for just because I want brain dead, but so they're getting 
you're getting this juice from the ether. Is that similar to what they used to do with the castles and, and everything and how we had electricity four or 500 years ago? Same principle? Very much like that, yeah. And I, I mean, just putting copper poles and spirals is just one thing. You can also set these 25-foot towers and running magnetic north, south to north. And you, it, it's a little complicated, but... Um, <clears throat> you can do things with copper and magnesium and then several things where the wind vibrations start kicking off then a battery storage happens then sunlight bouncing off a geometric shape starts wow. causing t- temperature differentials and you know and so all of a sudden you and then that will go all the way down then you run those wires under your garden ground from due magnetic south to magnetic north which is how we set our garden up and that will run electric charges on two meters of either side of that wire. So two of those poles will get you eight meters wide of, and you can run it as long as you want, a hundred miles or, or 10 meters, and that will charge underground as well. So there's there's a lot more to it. The electroculture is really fascinating yeah. when you get into it. I wonder if people that are eat animal foods and want to raise animals, they could use that to juice up the grass that the cows are eating or the chickens and all that. <laughs> I know a lot of the biochar people, what they're doing is they're throwing, uh, they're making the charcoal, they're burning the wood, and then and then they're throwing that on their chicken feed, and the uh-huh. chickens are eating the charcoal ash, and then they're pooping about biochar all over the ground. <laughs> you know, if they have free-range chickens they're that are just walking around. The biochar. Yeah, their own their own feces is mixing with the charcoal they, they're feeding them, and they're just walking around pooping biochar all over the ground, <laughs> you know, and then it rains and goes in, so... People are getting really clever. There's yeah. a lot of things. So that's one of the things we can do is if you can get out of the cities, um, yeah. start using electroculture, grow enough food where you can trade. trade you know, why have people. a potato that big when you can have one this big and you can, you know, so food trading, yeah, trading's going to happen. Uh, you're big on gold and silver, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's another thing. Uh, I, I'm big on also go- yeah, privacy crypto. Um Dero's going to probably go up 200%. So now that all these banks are crashing, the millionaires are figuring out they're going to lose their money and they're looking to put it into privacy crypto coins right now. So you, you're looking at Dero and Monero, Pirate Chain. These are going to go up. Now, the problem is Cyber Polygon is all about they're going to do fake cyber attacks so that you need biometrics to get online. Oh, good. So the problem with crypto is no matter how much privacy crypto you have, if you can't get online to get it and trade it, you're in trouble. Yeah. So you're going to need someone in your community who's still in the system or on the grid, you know. But people will get it. I had a friend who told me this, I don't know, 25 years ago, and I didn't get what he was talking about. He said, uh, Steve... And he he designs computers, and he, this guy's a real techno nerd. He said, like one day hackers will will be like save the world, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand what he meant, but I get it. He's what he means is when all this, uh, it's like that movie Minority Report. Remember yeah. with Tom Cruise, sure. and then they're on to him, so he has to go to that guy and get like somebody else's eyes put into him. <laughs> Remember that surgically inserted. That's what this guy meant. Is that when the system tries to lock you out, you're going to need to know a hacker who can get you a fake way into the system, you know, to maneuver. And and this guy was onto this 25 years ago when I didn't even know what the heck was going on yet in the world, you know. So, but, so you think these forces would try to lock the whole thing up someday just to 
make us have a bad hair day? I mean, that's their 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 plan. Well, it's part of the control, yeah, because they can't take down the internet because the whole five G smart city system runs oh. on the internet. Right, yeah, right. It's everything, every food, every person, every product, every your toaster, your shower. You have used your two minutes of warm water carbon. Your shower is going to turn off the hot water, you know, after two minutes. They need the internet to run this, which is why they need 5G. They need millimeter waves because the amount of data they're going to be transmitting is a trillion fold to what gets transmitted now over 4G or 3G. So they can't just turn the internet off on you. So what they're going to do is like a Chinese social credit system score. You'll need biometrics to get on the internet and they'll say that's your digital ID and it's for your safety to make sure no one can falsely assume your identity and you're like i don't care if someone falsely assumes my identity like it's not for my safety but they're gonna sell it to everyone like that and it will be like that very soon you'll turn on your computer and it's gonna want to scan your retinals and to get you on oh good and if big and if big brother doesn't like you they're not gonna let you into your crypto (laughs) account and all that (laughs) so this all ties in i've been thinking quite a bit about artificial intelligence and it's like everywhere now everybody's talking about it right and i think it's brilliant what they're doing steve in their name artificial intelligence they're you're selling the idea that this is intelligent and in my opinion it's not intelligent there's nothing Ah. intelligent about it it's dumb as a rock right it's just a a relational database that's all it Mm. is that's all any of this stuff is right it's like windows Windows isn't smart, yeah. and there's nothing smart about it. We are smart. Well, that's that's we the funny smart. thing is it's an oxymoron, isn't it? Because right, they're telling you it's art of it's artificial means fake, right? And then intelligent so artificial means, intelligence means fake intelligence, so it's not intelligent. It's not intelligent. There's nothing intelligent about it. I mean, come on, yeah, it's just a database. It's just and whoever programs a database is playing God, right? That's what they're doing. That's, that's exactly it. that's so it. yeah if you control all the internet where and the information on it where it's getting its answers now the stuff it can do with that information is you know, crazy. Pretty, pretty cool yeah pretty cool yeah you know the interesting thing will be right now there's only this chat g gbt or whatever they chat call it GB, gbt something like that yeah wait till there's like five or six of these things <laughs> and then we start sicking them on each other <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if they start competing and trying to take each other out, you know, or will they work together, right? We haven't even seen like the the tip of how crazy this whole thing can go. But I'm with you right now, they're not intelligent. The question is, could they really learn by us interacting with them? Right now they're getting everything off the internet. But if you keep querying them and say, Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. I want this. Give me nope, I want this. If humans keep interacting with them, will they learn? But, See, and, but isn't intelligence critical thinking, which is a really a spiritual thing? It's not a physical thing. You and I as souls, we, like you said, with the ethics and moral, we have, to, we have the ability to make a decision if this is good for you, or this is good for me, this is good for Steve, this is good for somebody in Zimbabwe. Com- computers can't do that. They can't do that. Not, yeah, not right now. Do you think they'll learn to do it? I or what don't do you think, think so. Think? No, I don't no. think so. It, because it takes, 
it takes an awareness. It takes spirituality. It takes hue souls, right? And they're yeah. not souls. You know, they just aren't. They just aren't. So I don't think they'll ever do it. They'll trick people into believing that they are, but I don't think they'll do it. They, yeah, I'm, I'm the same you know as I mean? you. I don't have very much faith in them. But they, you know, like, they're great. There are people, If you know, if you, I had a buddy, he, he asked to write up a gardening plan. He said, write me a gardening plan for these many hectares and blah, 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 right. blah. And in a matter of seconds, this thing kicked out a oh, pretty bet, damn so. good plan. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So there's things that it could be used for, yeah. Is it going to go all Skynet and take us over and kill us and stuff? I, I don't think so, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it'll, I'm just watching. I don't, I'm just watching it. I'm interested in it. I love it, but I, I'm, I'm not an expert on AI. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and neither, neither am I. Yeah. yeah. That's One Radio Network with Steve. Well, Steve, thanks for uh, coming on. It's always fun to have you here, you little rascal. What are you going to do tonight? <laughs> I, uh, I love it, man. Thanks, Patrick. Sorry again about my voice. Oh. I lost it over the weekend singing, but uh, it's fine. Hopefully, it was bearable for the listeners. But uh, yeah, have me back again. I'd love to come back, please. It's always fun. Uh, we have you full screen there. To tell folks about what you do and where they find your material and how they support you, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you can find uh, I'm a filmmaker, and our channel is Space Busters on BitChute and Odyssey. We do have a Rumble channel. Oh, we're also on Vigilante TV, uh, Vigilante.tv. That's Jeff Berwick, uh, Dollar Vigilante's um, station. And we do have a YouTube channel. We don't get to post much. And I'm the author of The Dukes of Dents, illustrated of by Tracy Northern, a children's book on all Amazons in every country. The Sorry, Dukes of, I had the to Dukes use. of Dent sounds like it would be a great uh, animated feature film. Maybe I'll do that someday with you, and we'll do. Yeah, it. Well, that'd be great. <laughs> it would be great. Yeah. No, I yeah, think it's very much like Doctor Seuss. It's like Doctor Seuss with a little bit of a deeper uh, uh -huh. morality to it, not, or not, ethics. Not all woked up, if you will. It's not woke. It's awake. <laughs> it's awake. Yeah, we should do it. We should do a, a, yeah. a, a, a what do you call it? An animated thing on that sometime. I'd love it. Yeah, that would be great. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm my new business. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. That's what we're doing. All right. Yeah, great. Yeah, let me know. Let's uh, let's do it together. Okay, you baby. Figure out how. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. We'll get some money together and do it, man. Well, thanks, Steve. Nice. Thanks a lot. It's really an honor to have you here. You take care of yourself. Let me know if you need something. Coffee, sugar, ammo, whatever. Just <laughs> gold. Gold. Send, what was that? Uh, Warren Zevon. Uh, was it? Send lawyers, guns, and money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right when you get work, right? All right, kiddo. Thanks yeah. a lot, brother. Take care of yourself. All right, Patrick. Nice soon. to talk to you, man. I'll talk to you Always again soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Steve Falconer, uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. He's a fun guy. He's just great to talk to. Okay, we are going to um, get into some fun stuff in the morning. This would be at 10 o'clock. And I have been seeing some really interesting things on the inner planes when it comes to how we create the body, how we create disease, how we create the way we look. And I'm going to really dig into it. And uh, I think you'll find it uh, real, uh, great fun. So that's going to happen tomorrow, 10 o'clock. And then Varus Ahmad, who's a cool guy, he's into all kinds of uh, nutrition, all kinds of nutrition and spirituality stuff. So he'll be here tomorrow at uh, noon central time. So that's the kind of story. Uh, thanks to Steve for coming on.
please pass on these links to everyone that you care about. If you're watching this show on BitChute, you can subscribe to our little BitChute channel. And uh, thanks for your support. So you take care. We'll see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Talk about the, how we create these bodies. Because they're not they're physical, but they're not. We'll do it at 10 o'clock. So I love you all very much. Thank you. Take care of yourself and may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.